What's up and welcome back to the DualSense Podcast. This is episode 106. I'm one of your co-hosts, Jason, and I'm joined, as always, by your other co-host this evening. His name tonight is Boner Donor, <laughs> also, also known as Travis. Travis, what's going on tonight? Just for, for the record. You are a Boner might, Donor. This, yeah, but this will give away, this might give away what I do. It was on an order, and you know what I do, so. No. Oh. That's yeah, perfect. Was the number 69 on there as well somewhere? <laughs> I, I don't know. I just saw the nameplate. There were some other ones on there that were great uh, today, but I found Boner Donor in the stack today and laughing. <laughs> that is good. But today was shitty because I forgot to pack my lunch last night, and I realized it on the way to work, which is the perfect time to remember. And mm-hmm. I was like, all right, well, I'll just, we have a canteen thing. That's what they call it. It's like a little, it's basically like a gas station setup. You know, when you buy it, you can just buy it there. I was uh-huh. like, all right, well, I'll just pick up something quick. I've done it before. So I'm looking through the list today. Usually I just get like a salami and cheese sandwich because it's like you can't fuck that up. So today I was looking and I was like, we have these frozen White Castle burgers. And it's legitimately White Castle. It's branded as White Castle. Uh-huh. So I look at it. It's like, I've had put, it, put it in the microwave oven for 40 seconds and flip it and do it again. Boom, White Castle. And I was like, okay, dope. So throw them in the microwave. I cook them. And then I pull them out of the microwave. And by the way, we have like 11 microwaves, but there's like, you know, 100 people there. So it's like, there's never enough microwave. So I just pull them out of the, because they're hot. So I pull them out of the microwave to get out of the way. And it's like burning my hand. And I sat down to eat them. And it smelled so bad, I almost threw up. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like, what was the problem? Something between the microwave and the defrosting of the burgers made uh the paper towel wet that you had, oh. to, you had to wrap them in a paper towel to kind of like steam them but the fact sure. that i work with a bunch of latinos who also use the microwave all of that latinaness i guess fused into the steam so Ugh. yeah it was like you could imagine it was like a fucking al pastor took a shit on my white castle so like it was <laughs> miserable white castle al pastor so I had uh, ruffled chips for lunch. Oh, good. So that's why you went and got you a nice steak dinner. Yeah. I went you went and courted your... You went, huh? I had two meats. <laughs> you went and courted your wife tonight, took her out on a nice date and a nice steak dinner. That was nice of you. Yeah, Sweet I'm guy never you call are. her back. <laughs> <laughs> never call her again. I'm sure you'll probably be a boner donor for her later on, perhaps. Uh, so. I get up early. Oh, yeah, true. Well, I'm doing all right. Normal Friday night, you know, I don't even know if I have to say it at this point, you know, water the garden, eat some food. I've been watching this show on Amazon Prime called The Terminal List. It's uh, Chris Pratt as a Navy SEAL. So it's the dude. Yeah. So it's, you know, the the dude from Jurassic Park as a a Navy SEAL. It's actually, it's actually very, very good, quite riveting. And uh, I'm glued into it. So it's, it's good. So I was watching some of that. Hillary lies if he dies. <laughs> no, not yet. Not yet. But uh, it's a good, it's a good show. I can definitely recommend it. It's only eight episodes in the first season, which honestly, honestly, I'm not sure there's going to be more than one season, but it doesn't say that it's a limited series. So it's, it's unclear. It's unclear at this point. But uh, anyway, Travis, we are a PlayStation podcast where you and I get together every week and we discuss all of the news, rumors, new game releases, and much more in the world of PlayStation. We post new episodes every Monday, 
on all of the usual podcast services around the world, as well as YouTube, where we also share game uh, videos, gameplay videos, and clips. And we're also on social media, of course. You can find us on Twitter at the DualSense Pod, as well as Instagram, where we post uh, in-game photography. And we're also on Facebook, which I'm not sure anyone uses anymore. And we do have a blog, which is called the DualSensePodcast.wordpress.com. So you can find us on your weapon of choice for social media, but hopefully Twitter. We prefer Twitter. Just find us on Twitter and let's talk PlayStation. So without further ado, Travis, let's jump into what turned out to be a little bit of a busy week of PlayStation news. Starting with number one. PlayStation continued to evolve the services portion of the brand in an interesting way this week. As Sony Interactive Entertainment Vice President Grace Chin penned a PlayStation blog announcing a new loyalty program called PlayStation Stars, the blog post reads in part, quote, PlayStation Stars will be free to join when it launches later this year. Once you become a member, you'll earn, you'll earn rewards excuse me, by completing a variety of campaigns and activities. Our quote-unquote monthly check-in campaign simply requires you to play any game to receive a reward, while other campaigns require you to win tournaments, earn specific trophies, or even be the first player to platinum a blockbuster title in your local time zone. All PlayStation Stars members will have opportunities to earn loyalty points. The points can be redeemed in a catalog that may include PlayStation Network wallet funds and select PlayStation Store products. As an additional benefit, PlayStation Plus members enrolled in PlayStation Stars automatically earn points for purchases on PlayStation Store, end quote. The new program will also include a reward type that Sony is calling quote-unquote digital collectibles. And if your stomach just turned over at the thought of PlayStation including what sounds like NFTs in this new program, then don't fret. As Madam Vice President Grace Chin told the Washington Post, quote, it's definitely not NFTs. Definitely not. You can't trade them or sell them. It is not leveraging any blockchain technologies. And again, definitely not NFTs, end quote. PlayStation Stars will roll out later this year in a phased regional approach, much like the new PlayStation Plus service. So, Travis, are you a PlayStation Star? What do you think about this new loyalty deal? Oh, I'll never be a star, but sure, I'll do it for free. (laughs) Hey, why not? It's just fun to do. It gives you kind of another layer when you're playing with games to think about. Being the first to platinum something in your area and knowing that is kind of dope. Uh But the cool part, like, I want to, I'm sure I'll be able to see it other people when they do it because like can you imagine like you just get online one day and somebody like platinum goes to Tsushima in a day and a half what so like that would be really cool to see but you know i think it's a cool idea um i'm not sure i've seen something like this before in this way this seems kind of different um i didn't expect this when i saw it either but i like that the points can be used on as wallet funds um, i can use them for product stores product stores for PlayStation Store products, so like you know, I assume I could get some, what are you going to call it, free PlayStation coin to buy some games or something like that if I wanted to, or a battle pass or something fun like that. So that that's interesting and cool. I assume that they would be usable for some microtransactions because that'd be kind of that kind of suck if you could only use them in certain ways. But that would be interesting. That'd be kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And digital collectibles automatically make more sense to me than NFTs. Like I'm thinking about like. You know, you have a digital replication of Cuphead or something like that, and you you unlock it. You can only unlock it by doing certain steps on Cuphead and something else maybe, and then you can use that figurine as you can put it in your profile or whatever. That that makes more sense to me than NFT. Although I told you this week my theory on NFTs, 
than what I think they are. But mm. oh yeah, this is I think it's interesting and it's a good way to make people actually play the tournaments, uh, make people chase trophies. I think it adds a little bit more depth to what they're giving and and kind of adds some depth to their games. Like, is there another type of program like this that I'm not thinking of? Not that I know of. I know that Microsoft has a rewards program. Like if you like Google stuff with Bing and whatnot, like you get points and you can, you know, buy Xbox store cards and whatnot. But I, so Sony used to have something like this for Sony proper. It was called Sony rewards. They still have an app for it. And you used to get points actually for making purchases on PlayStation store. And so you would accumulate same thing that they are doing here. You would accumulate points and then you could exchange it for, different things like you know a copy of spider-man miles morales or a ten dollar playstation store gift card or whatever but at the end of last year i think is when it was they no longer allowed playstation store purchases to be to be counted as rewards so i'm assuming that's because they knew this was going to be happening at some point they were prepping this and planning this and i think this is really cool i think this is awesome it's cool that it's free you know to try to get people engaged in it you know, it's just a cool little retention thing for customers where, and it, it, where maybe you get people to buy something they wouldn't buy or, you know, play a tournament they wouldn't play or whatever. And it also rewards people who are hardcore fans who buy, you know, multiple games a year on PlayStation store. And it gives them a, an opportunity to maybe get, you know, a $5 coupon or $10 coupon for something. And I think that's cool. I will admit, though, when they started talking about digital collectibles, I was like, oh, my God, here we go. But then thankfully, at least they say right now that's not what it is. And I do agree with you. I think digital collectibles make a lot more sense than NFTs. Like, you know, maybe I do something and I'm one of 500 people who have this avatar and that's it. So I, I don't know, like something like that. That's that's, that's cool. But it, it also reads in a way, too, I thought that they're going to implement something in like the PlayStation network or system that we don't have yet in terms of how to show off a digital collectible. You know what I'm saying? Like right now we can go see each other's trophy list, but how am I going to see your digital collectible? So they've, they've got to make some tweaks there, I guess, to, to be able to do so. But yeah, I think it's a really cool program, a really cool idea. And I'm excited to be able to get some, some cash back so to speak, or spending money on the PlayStation store, especially now that I'm all digital. So that'll be a help. And it also makes me feel stupid for pre-ordering some of the games that I've already pre-ordered that I'm not going to get points for. Told you to wait. I know. Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Number two, Sony Interactive Entertainment announced this week that their deal to acquire developer Haven Studios has been completed, and the Jade Raymond-led studio is now officially a part of PlayStation Studios. I said studio a lot there. Haven was co-founded by Raymond, the co-creator of Assassin's Creed, back in March of 2021, with Sony coming on board to fund an original IP exclusive to PlayStation. Then in March of this year, Sony announced plans to buy the cow and acquire the Canadian studio for an undisclosed amount. Following this week's announcement that the deal had closed, Raymond gave an interview to website gamesindustry.biz where she gave an update on the latest at the studio and their current project. She revealed that the team has grown from 50 to 106 employees since last October and has increased its investment in both research and development and cloud technologies, with Raymond referring to Haven as a quote-unquote studio in the cloud with zero in-house IT services that has become fully automated. To push the studio in the cloud vision further, 
Haven has hired an additional 21 engineers and Jalal El Mansouri, who was the technical architect on Ubisoft's hit live service title Rainbow Six Siege, as their head of research and development. Raymond added that Haven Studios is collaborating with PlayStation System architect Mark Cerny in some way, and it seems that whatever that collaboration is might be bigger than just Haven Studios. As she said, quote, So Mark Cerny is one of the main reasons we're investing so much in, so much in R&D and in this very senior engineering team. It's not just tied to cloud, but also some more forward-thinking R&D, end quote. So the deal is closed. What do you think about a cloud based studio and etc kind of hard to imagine i would assume they have backups like you know probably not a great idea to put everything in the cloud and there's also True. lots of cloud leaks um so maybe we should not have it all in the cloud i don't know it just seems kind mm. of weird to me it's hard to imagine like when you say a studio in the cloud what i'm thinking is like they could basically work from anywhere and everything's on like a share drive of some sort of whatever in the cloud that's what i'm picturing I guess theoretically that works. Uh, sure. Uh, I do like the idea that you don't have to have people in the same place if that's the case, because you know you might be limited in talent what's around you. But if you can kind of pull from wherever, because it's all cloud based, like that might actually be pretty cool uh, to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, Rainbow Six, everybody loved it. So like, it makes sense that you would want to put a, a technical architect right from that. You want to take somebody who's been in a, a successful place and bring them into your business. So that's pretty cool. As the head of eight of, of R and D, though, that might, that's a little interesting. You know, that seems like a bit of a jump from what he did there, but cool, whatever. What's interesting to me is kind of like, what does this Mark Cerny thing mean? Like, we all know the name, we all are familiar with Mark Cerny, right? But even as a casual, mm-hmm. I know who that is. But like, how how has he had that much of an influence to make the studio really push for research and development in a studio area? Like, what are they researching mm-hmm. and developing? Like ways to bend and break unreal engine 5 or something or like how to manipulate a, a cloud studio and create cloud gaming like that would make sense in, in a sense but mm-hmm. I, I don't know i have a hard time exactly picturing that the guy the guy works with playstation so it's like you know why are his hooks so deep into them and why are they so attached why is he so attached to them and them so attached to him it's kind of an odd thing to me kind of where, mm-hmm. where did that come from but whatever so I kind of I want to know more about what the R and D is in specifically. Like that would make me feel I have a have a much better thought out opinion. Yeah, that I thought Cerny's involvement was the most interesting thing that we discovered this week about this sort of news cycle about Haven because they didn't tell us anything new about their game, which tells me that it's way far off still. Um, despite the fact that they've doubled their team size. It, they can't even really tell us anything about the game still almost, I mean, over a year later. So the cloud thing, I guess that's sort of a carryover from where Jade Raymond worked at Google stadium before she left there and then found at Haven. So I'm guessing that that's like a carryover effect from what she was doing there in some way. And that obviously is, I guess something she's passionate about, but immediately when they mentioned Mark Cerny, the thing that I thought of first was, the fact that they're working with the studio and the cloud mentality or whatever combined with what we heard last week in a little, in a news nugget that PlayStation is working to create some type of network for MMO and live service games that uses compute units and the cloud. So I'm wondering if maybe they're working and we know that Haven's doing some type of multiplayer live service game as well. 
So I'm wondering if they're somehow collaborating to create some type of framework or like common engine for live service games for PlayStation. Like for instance, Gorilla has the Decima engine, which is what Horizon Forbidden West and Zero Dawn are made on. Kojima used it to make Death Stranding actually. So I wonder, I'm wondering if, and I think Cerny had his hand in that as well, whenever they were kind of courting Kojima to make Death Stranding for them. So I'm wondering if Cerny and Haven are somehow collaborating in that way to make like a common cloud-based live service development engine of some sort, which is interesting. I don't know what that means, but I'm also just pulling shit out of the air, but that, 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 that interests me. I guess we'll see. I don't know. Haven of all the teams, all of the teams that they have acquired is the one that I'm most skeptical about. Right. I would say right now, because they just, they don't tell us anything about what they're doing and they don't necessarily have the bona fides of some of these other studios that they've partnered with. So we'll see. Yeah. And it feels like they're doing weird stuff on top of all of that. It's just like, it didn't work at Google Stadia. What makes you think it's going to work here? Like you can make the argument she's working with some proper villains now, but it's like, it's not like it's not like she didn't have people at Google that were talented. Like they have some of the best engineers in the world. Yeah. So it's kind of like I don't know, just weird. Yeah, it does seem like that they're swinging for the fences instead of trying to worry about getting on base for their first game as a new studio. Number three, Sony Interactive Entertainment was closing deals left and right this week, Travis, as they also announced that their deal to acquire Bungie Incorporated has closed as well officially making the Halo and Destiny creator a member of PlayStation Studios. The deal is reported to be worth approximately $3.6 billion for the Bellevue, Washington-based studio, who are widely respected as one of the preeminent first-person shooter and live-service game developers in the world. Bungie was founded in 1991 and originally focused on making games for Macintosh computers. Publisher Take-Two Interactive owned a nearly 20% stake in the studio at one time, with Microsoft acquiring Bungie in 2000 to bring their FPS game Halo Combat Evolved to the original Xbox console. Bungie split from Microsoft in October of 2007, however, becoming an independent company for nearly three years before signing a 10-year publishing deal with Activision in April of 2010. Their first game for Activision was the original Destiny, which was followed by Destiny 2 in 2017, a game they still support with robust content to this day and one of the reasons why Sony was so keen to purchase the developer. Bungie announced in January of 2019 that they were ending their partnership with Activision and once again became an independent company, or free agent, if you will. And then on January 31st of this year, Sony Interactive Entertainment announced its deal to acquire Bungie as an independent subsidiary of SIE that would operate in tandem with PlayStation Studios proper, and the rest, of course, is now history. We have a firm grasp on the specifics of the relationship at this point, but in a statement on their website, Bungie said the very first step in the process is to grow, saying, quote, With SIE support, the most immediate change you will see is an acceleration in hiring talent across the entire studio to support our ambitious vision. Ellipsis, we are hiring across all disciplines for Destiny 2 and for all new worlds beyond. End quote. What do you make of it? You know, I remember when they split from Microsoft in 2007, and I always thought that was weird. Like, Bungie... Bungie to me was always Microsoft because of Halo, and then to to, yeah. to take them away from Microsoft was super bizarre to me. And then I thought that I just thought that was odd. And then the next thing I know, they're with Activision, which was even weirder. Like that's super weird to me. Like I, I did not get that at all. 
uh, Destiny was great. We all enjoyed the first Destiny. Destiny two uh, was was fun, but it I, for some reason I didn't enjoy it as much as the first one. And then they kind of went on their own again. It's like all of that was weird, but them being with Sony makes the most sense to me since Microsoft. Like independent mm-hmm. Activision, none of that works for me, but this does for whatever reason. What I think is interesting here is every single studio they buy or become in a partners with, the studio immediately says, we're growing and hiring people. <laughs> right. Interesting perspective. I don't know if that would be my first that would be my first reaction if I was, you know, in, a, in charge of a studio that became a PlayStation partner. I understand there's a lot of money maybe now. You have, you have access to some funds. But it seems like all of these studios, their eyes get huge and they have all these great grand visions. And it's like, mm. to me, it just makes, you've, you've got bought for a reason or you've become partners for a reason, right? It's because you've, you're doing something at a high level, whatever that is. Like, there's two ways of looking at it, and, and and in their head, I feel like they're thinking we can grow and do what we do well at a really big level. Mm-hmm. It's just we're, how many of how many games could be made by studios that are at this level? It just seems un, unlikely. Like, why not? Of all the studios that we and I'm thinking of in my head that are doing this, like Bungie growing actually is the one that makes sense to me because they've already done something. They've made two fucking baller games three four whatever you call it they have two franchises that they're really well known for so it makes sense to me but in other situations like why not why not take the resources and do what you do super super well like freaking hone it in and like tune it down and like make it as good as it could be like you don't need to grow to do that necessarily like you could do that with what you have but with just more money so like you know it's like if you Furnish your house, and you're within your budget. But now you have a billion dollars. It's like, oh, but I can get what I actually wanted. But like, you don't. What these people are doing is going out and buying a fucking ranch, and then building a mansion from scratch. It's like, why not just? Why are we doing that? Yeah. Like, you know, at least make one game to prove your worth. Make sure we're good and on solid ground, and then we can move forward. Maybe that's just me being cautious. But like, as an executive, that's kind of how I would want to approach it. But like, every single time there's an acquisition or a merger that's what you hear we're growing it's like why well i think bungie is one that actually makes sense in my opinion as to as to why they would grow quickly and the reason why i say that is because i think sony as we learned from financial documents several weeks back i think sony is asking a whole lot of them and i think that's what you get when you get bought out and you demand to remain an independent subsidiary, I mean, independent from PlayStation studios, I should say. So I think with that comes great expectations. And I I think that Sony is putting a lot on them in terms of leading this charge of live service games and what that infrastructure looks like and what that order of operations is across studios and, and, you know, implementing expertise, et cetera. And so I wonder if, the hiring is going to be for roles, not just for games, like they say in the quote, but more so for these sort of like logistical backend operational things to help PlayStation as a company uh, do all the things that they're wanting to do, to do on the live service front. So it's real. Bungie is so interesting because they're, the only developer that I know of that has been owned by two different platform holders uh, and two big, huge competing platform holders in Microsoft and PlayStation. And they're, 
they are responsible for the franchise that put Xbox on the map with Halo. It also, in fairness, it put Bungie on the map. So there's that. And then, of course, they've got a big hit on their hands with Destiny as well. And they still support that. So I think I think at the end of the day, as we've talked about before, when it was originally announced, this is a great acquisition for PlayStation. And I'm just so interested. I hope one day we'll get to figure out more about how this is going to work because this has got to be just an absolute ton of moving parts behind the scenes about how they make all this work. Like, okay, over here, they're de- they're developing a new game. Over here, they're supporting a game that's, you know, five years old, six years old, whatever. And then over here, they're supporting every PlayStation studio that's making a, a live service game and helping them get that off the ground. I don't know. Those are some heavy those are some heavy uh, you know bowling pins to to juggle in the air i feel like and but i guess at the end of the day though if if there's any one that you would want to do that bungie is one of the few teams that you you feel like maybe you could ask to do that the other being like rockstar north or something like that you know so or naughty dog potentially probably not even naughty dog honestly but uh, anyway we'll see what happens as things develop over the the years number four playstation announced the july playstation plus extra and premium tier games this week as we have been speculating on the show for a little bit here now travis the new additions are available starting on july 19th and include the previously announced stray as well as final fantasy 7 remake integrade marvel's avengers the five assassins creed games that leaked last week saints row 4 re-elected spirit of the north enhanced edition ice age scratch nutty adventure Jumanji, the video game, Paw Patrol on a Roll, and Ready Set Heroes for PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5. In addition, there are two classic titles being added as well. The PSP's No More Heroes Allowed and Loco Roco Midnight Carnival. Worth noting is that the Italian version of the PlayStation blog post detailing the new games also listed PlayStation 1's Dino Crisis and PlayStation Portable's Ridge Racer 2 and Soul Calibur Broken Destiny as being added as well but the blog was quickly updated to remove them from the list. However, we know that they are coming at some point as Ridge Racer 2 was discovered in the PSN backend servers in April, and Dino Crisis Art appeared on the Hong Kong PlayStation Store back in May. Stray will also get a PlayStation 5 physical edition on September the 20th, if you prefer to wait, courtesy of Skybound Games. What do you think of the new additions coming? Why would I wait for a physical copy? Are they just going to hand that to me? I mean, if it's free for me to download... I guess we'll walk into Target and then be like, ah, here's this free copy of Stray. <laughs> like, I don't understand <laughs> right. why you need a disc that bad. But anyway, whatever. And there's collectors out there. Sure. <laughs> yeah, and you can also share pictures of your cat on PlayStation, which I surprised to learn it was actually pictures of cats. I figured the internet would spam that immediately with uh, not safe for work <laughs> content. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, the first three are interesting. I mean, like we've talked about before, Stray is an interesting game. It's an interesting concept. So it's kind of cool that it's on there. Uh, Final Fantasy 7 will be big. Lots of people will download that. Marver, Mar- Marvers. Uh, Marvel's Avengers uh-huh. makes sense to me at this point in its existence uh, to be kind of, you know, on, on one of these tiers. So that all of that makes sense to me. And then putting the Assassin's Creed game on there, I think is a really cool idea to put them all up there. So. You know, especially with the rumors coming out that the next one's going to be kind of in a Mayan time uh, time scale. And, you know, there's kind of some smoke rolling there with the new Assassin's Creed game. Why not put some five of them up there? This is kind of fun, right? So the rest of those games are kind yeah. of 
take it or leave it for me. Um, I like what they're doing though. I like that they're adding more than, you know, we used to just get like three games a month, right? That was free. Now that they're adding all, you know, there's multiple, multiple, multiple games you can try. Honestly, I think Ridge Racer and Soul Calibur would actually have a lot more downloads than Ice Age or Jumanji. But um, who who oh, knows yeah. when we'll see those? But like you said, they are they are they exist. They will be there. Even Dino Crisis would have more more hits than a lot of these games. So oh, yeah, I, I think there might be a spike in Saints Row content on YouTube <laughs> on YouTube next month. But we'll see. I, it's a it's a pretty solid list. It's it's anchored by Final Fantasy VII remake, in my opinion. But people are super excited about Stray as well. There's a lot of buzz about that game, myself included. Looking forward to checking it out. Marvel's Avengers is underrated, in my opinion. I know that's a very minority opinion. And then uh, the five Assassin's Creed games, I didn't list them because that's, you know, I copped out, but it's like Assassin's Creed Black Flag, Rogue uh, Rogue Remastered, the Ezio Collection, excuse me, I can't talk. I don't remember. I think there's one more, but it doesn't matter. But it's a lot of the older ones, so it's all the PS4 versions of those, obviously. And then uh, the I, I agree with you. I think Dino Crisis would be... And Ridge Racer 2 would be one of the, or some of the, probably the most popular games out of the list. Um, definitely over things like Jumanji and whatever. But we are going to get some of those games mixed in as well. That's just something that we have to understand. We're going to get stuff that we never heard of. We're going to get stuff like Ice Age, Scrats, Nutty Adventure. It's just going to be a hodgepodge of things. And, and, and in fairness, Xbox does that too with their Game Pass monthly editions. They throw stuff on there like that that is cannon fodder, really. So... Also wanted to take a moment to say that I was right, that they announced it on the Wednesday before the third Tuesday of the month. You're welcome. Also, the third Tuesday of the month is when the new plus extra and premium tier games are going to go live. You're also welcome. Number five, industry analysts, the NPD group released their June data this week. Overall consumer spending across video game hardware content and accessories fell 11% compared to June of 2021. On the hardware front, the PlayStation 5 had the highest dollar sales of all hardware for the month, as well as for the first half of the calendar year, while Nintendo Switch led in unit sales. In fact, PS5 dollar sales experienced a double-digit percentage growth year-over-year from June of last year. Elden Ring repeated as the best-selling game for the month, and it remains the best-selling game year-to-date. Overwatch returned to the top 20 best-selling games chart for the first time since October of 2019. Driven by a spike of interest from Overwatch 2 beta, the top 10 best-selling PlayStation games for the month of June in terms of dollar sales were number 1, Elden Ring, followed by MLB The Show 22, which was number 4 on the overall list regardless of platform. Number 3 was LEGO Star Wars The Skywalker Saga. 5 was Marvel's Spider-Man Miles Morales, which was number 20 on the overall list. Horizon Forbidden West was 5. The Quarry at 6. Overwatch at 7. Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart at 8, Call of Duty Vanguard at 9, and Gran Turismo at 7. Any thoughts? Like we talked about before, consumer spending is kind of falling across the board in general. So it's not surprising mm-hmm. that the PlayStation or the video game market is seeing a little dip there. You know, especially with no more government bailout money being thrown at people who just kind of blow it on whatever. Uh-huh. But as far as the list goes... um. You know, Elden Ring being at the top still, it's still surprising to me. It just feels like everybody who wanted to play that game would already have bought it. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, like MLB The Show always stays kind of up in the top five, and that makes sense to me because you'll have people that buy it when it first comes out. There's so many people buy that game that the only way that many people can buy the game is to buy it over an extended period of time, to have that big of a user base, kind of like 2K like or even Call of Duty. Like It makes sense, right? 
Elden Ring just seems like such a niche game in a way, but it's so good it seems to just obliterate all of those kind of preconceived notions that you run into there. Cool to mm-hmm. see the quarry on there. Overwatch jumping back up makes sense with the Overwatch 2 beta. I'm a little surprised to see Gran Turismo on there just because of what it is, really. I will say that the updates they've made have made the online racing actually bearable. It's actually uh, not too bad. So it's nice to see mm-hmm. that is actually working now. And in a lot of ways, Gran Turismo had a little battlefield in it where it probably could have waited a few more months, but you know, whatever, it's fine. And then Vanguard being being in the top ten again, I'm not really sure why at this point, but it you know it's interesting. It's interesting right. that it's there to me. I totally agree on the consumer spending front. Yeah, you know, we we have known that you know spending was going to fall. Things were going to kind of average back out, level back out. Especially since, you know, that time last year, this time last year, I should say people were, you know, it was, everything was going crazy. Everything was super inflated in terms of sales and it was not a normal time. And we, we knew we've been talking for months now about how things are going to, you know, come back down to earth, so to speak. And so that's not a huge shock. And the other part of that, like we've been saying is that people are starting to go back to do other things. They're starting to go to concerts, go to the movies, go to basketball games, whatever, et cetera. So those things are starting to take more of that experiential spending away from video game industry. And uh, that's just to be expected. And then PS5 had a pretty solid month and uh, obviously it costs more than the Switch. So it makes sense that it would, you know, overtake in dollar sales for the month, if anything. And then Elden Ring is just a beast. And I also am shocked that that many people care about Overwatch <laughs> to, ma- to make it you know, back in the top 20 after two years. So I don't know, I guess so, whatever. But the, the list on PlayStation Elden Ring is, is a beast. Uh, MLB the show hanging in there at two, uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales. You want to talk about a beast? That game is a beast coming back in at number 20 on the overall list. It's almost two years old and it's charting in the top 20 best selling game. So that game is just a world beater. And then we wonder why PlayStation is projecting $300 million on PC this year when they're going to release that game a little bit later this year on PC. So I think that's a no-brainer. And then uh, there's some old older games popping back up here, like we mentioned Overwatch and then Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart, which is from last year. So I think part of that is because we're in a little bit of a drought here, a little bit of a summer drought, both literally and figuratively, and people are going back to some of these older games. And then also you have to account for people finally getting PlayStation fives and things like that as well. Number six, we also have a bunch of news nuggets as well. Travis, feel free to jump in here with me anytime you'd like. And I did pull a sneaky on you and add a nugget here at the very beginning. Some late breaking news from a ghost of Tsushima developer, sucker punch productions who announced that the open world samurai game has sold 9.73 million copies since the game launched in July of 2020. We are at the two-year anniversary of that game, and it sold nearly 10 million units, so that's a great success for that game. Also, PlayStation opened pre-orders for God of War Ragnarok on Friday with collector's editions almost immediately selling out. As you might expect, those editions are being scalped online in some cases for three times its retail price. I've seen prices as much as $1,000. PSA, you should wait to pre-order so you can get points for, towards the new PlayStation Stars program, unlike what I've been doing. And the opening of pre-orders also revealed that the game will have two graphical modes at launch, 
a native 4K 30 frames per second quality mode, and a dynamic 4K 60 frames per second performance mode. Next nugget, website Video Games Chronicle reported that publisher Bandai Namco was the victim of a ransomware attack this week, and the company announced they had believed some customer information was compromised. An alleged lineup of 2023 game releases from the publisher were also posted online. Although Bandai Namco claims the list is fake, the list included a new Armored Core game and Tekken 8, among others. What's Armored Core? It's a like a mech fighting game that was made by From Software, which are the same people who make Elden Ring. I think it was, I don't remember if it was on PS1, but I think it was on PS2 for sure. It's It's been going, it's an ongoing series for a long time. Next nugget, Electronic Arts pulled back the curtains a bit this week on their next Skate game, revealing that it will be free to play and is officially called Skate, our original. It will support cross-play and cross-progression when it launches, although we don't currently have a release window or date. People are excited about this, but not excited about having a free game where they have to pay $5 for every new skateboard. Bloomberg's Jason Schreier revealed this week that the next Assassin's Creed game the rumored smaller-scale stealth-focused entry called Rift will be set in the city of Baghdad. We won't have to wait long to find out for sure, as the future of Assassin's Creed is set to be revealed during a Ubisoft event in September. Elsewhere, insider Jeff Grubb claims that Ubisoft also has plans to take the franchise to Japan at some point, following Assassin's Creed Rift, possibly as one of the settings for the massive and relatively unknown Assassin's Creed Infinity. Warner Brothers Games announced that free-to-play platform brawler Multiversus will begin its open beta on July 26th, and players who participated in previous playtests will get access on July 19th. Very excited. Pretty stoked about this. And I got an email this evening saying that I was going to get access on the 19th. Did you get said email? I, I, don't, I don't look at my email. Oh my god. Are you one of these people that has like 2,000 emails on their phone, the little red notification icon? No, I don't have any. Oh my god, why? Do you not have Mel on your phone? I do, I just don't, I don't like having dots. I know, how do, but how do you know you have email? You turn notifications have... off? Correct. Oh my fucking god. <laughs> well, you better check your email or you're not going to be playing on the 19th. I don't have an email for them, I'm looking right now. Except for multiverses, that's all I have access for. <laughs> uh-huh. You don't have an email, do you, asshole? <laughs> Open beta, you're invited. Uh huh. Uh-huh. All right. Uh-huh. Redemption instructions will be provided starting uh-huh. on John. Shortly. See, I didn't even need this one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> I don't have an email except for one from Multiverses. Classic. <laughs> oh, next nugget. Twitter revealed this week that the most discussed games of 2022 so far on their app, on that silly bird app, are Genshin Impact and Wordle. Within hours of Electronic Arts opening the Skate 4 closed playtest, which we now know as Skate, the demo had been cracked and circulated online for anyone to, down- to download. EA, of course, urged fans not to do so, saying that the build was from last September and is not representative of the current state of the game. Bro, it's so gone. why did they make it a yeah? But why did they make the, the playtest? If they're going to put out a shitty build for for a playtest, like why? Right. Are you, you know what I'm saying? Like why are you going to tell people not to download it? But hey, this is a shitty because this is a shitty build. Also, hey, if you're in the playtest, here's this shitty build for you to enjoy. Yeah, why would you fuck? Put, yeah, why would you put one a uh, build from September in your playtest? That part doesn't know. make sense. Like, none of it makes any sense. I agree. It's fucking EA though. <laughs> True. Also, publisher Konami announced this week that they are preparing to bring back Metal Gear games that had previously been delisted from digital stores due to licensing issues 
such as Metal Gear Solid 2 and 3. The Metal Gear series also enjoyed its 35th anniversary this week, with the original game launching way back on July 13th of 1987. Lollipop Chainsaw remake producer Yoshima Yasuda clarified that the game will be a remake that is as close to a remaster of the original game as possible, adding that they did lose the rights to 16 licensed songs and are still currently in talks with platform holders over censorship issues. Also, fans have discovered UI elements for the upcoming Hogwarts Legacy, hidden in frames from the March State of Play showcase. You can view the still images on the game's subreddit if you're really interested about knowing what the game's UI looks like. A whole slew of Modern Warfare 2 details leaked this week. Thanks again to the Warzone mobile app getting data mined. What a disaster. Leaked details include maps, modes, perks, and killstreaks. Some of the maps listed were Kill House, Favela, and Firing Range from previous games. All the perks, game modes, and so on are just what you would expect from a Call of Duty game. So we pretty much know everything about the game except <laughs> having seen gameplay. I mean, I would like to point out that we already knew because it's it's a remake. Well, it's not a remake. It's not a remake. <laughs> Whatever. That's why they've changed it to Roman numerals too. I just don't ever use Roman numerals because it looks like a lot of like what? I mean, I don't know. Like when when I saw this, I'm like, yeah, they yeah, okay, firing range and foot. Like, what do you mean, like? Okay, I, I don't know. None of it was surprising to me. It's just a leak to me is surprising. You know what I mean? Like if they came out and said, right. "Hey, Joe Biden has dementia leaked out of the White House," I'm like, "That's not that's not surprising." <laughs> if they came out and said he's fucking Robert Downey Jr. in a suit, I'm like, "That was surprising." <laughs> like, right. Or, or if they came out and were like, "Hey, Call of Duty is going to have Nuketown." Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah, we, yeah. We we pretty much know it's going to have Nuketown. Every fucking Call of Duty game has Nuketown. Right. It's like yeah. It's it's like. A tinfoil hat me thinks all these data miners are like government agents learning how to data mine and they just do like companies. So then they can yeah. learn how to data mine the Russians later on. Yeah, brilliant. Next nugget. Danish entertainment company Nordisk has now fully acquired Until Dawn and the quarry developer Supermassive Games after purchasing a 30% stake in the studio back in 2021. Nordisk also has full ownership of Just Cause and Mad Max developer Avalanche Studios and partial ownership of publisher Raw Fury and developer Mercury Steam. Those last two are what I call my sex life. <laughs> Same. Raw Fury? Yeah. Mercury Steam is what happens after. <laughs> that, that's correct. That that sounds like a big conglomeration of, of characters for a really, really terrible brawler. <laughs> they have some interesting uh, stuff going on there. They mm-hmm. got I didn't, I, I didn't realize Nordisk owned Avalanche Studios, so that's interesting. Also, Western Digital's SN850, SN850, SSD (laughs) is now the officially licensed PlayStation 5 SSD. The drive will be rebranded for PlayStation and will come in one terabyte for $170 or two terabytes for $280. FYI, you can still get the unbranded versions of the same drive, the exact same drive, for much less than those new prices. I think actually the one terabyte is on sale right now for $120. And that is what I have the 500 gigabyte version of this uh, mm-hmm. hard drive. And I paid more than what the one terabyte is going for right now. So that's about par for the course for me. Speaking of um, SN850, <laughs> I had an issue at work and I was talking to the engineers because it gave me a it gave me a code, but the code wouldn't tell me the, the, uh, the worker. I need to know the worker who'd made the mistake. So I said, hey, who is this? And they, they sent me a big, long post about how the system worked. And they're like, does that help you? And I wrote, no. I don't care about your tech bullshit. I need to know who the athlete is. <laughs> Did and you really say like, that? Yeah. And they were like, it was Courtney. I'm like, thanks. That's all I fucking needed. I don't need you to tell me how the system works. I don't care. <laughs> like, 
Uh, well, the SN85 only tells me the, the unit. The unit is not actually their username. I don't care. <laughs> Who the fuck was just, it? Yeah, just tell me. Uh, just an- answer the damn question. Give me that right. damn phone number. <laughs> All right. Jesus fucking Sheldon Cooper. <laughs> Next nugget. Square Enix reiterated that Final Fantasy VII Rebirth will not come to PS4, partly because of the need for the PlayStation 5's SSD, most likely the SN850. Sony Executive Deputy President Kazuo Kii told Nikai that the company wants their new end-zone line of hardware and peripherals. I fucking butchered every bit of that. Line of hardware and peripherals to come to to become the Nike of gaming gear for esports. What a clusterfuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anyway, they want end-zone wait. to be the Nike of gaming gear for esports. I could tell you that the most likely person to be the Nike of gaming is Nike. We'll <laughs> <laughs> just buy you out. Like. Right. Right. God, that'd be some shit. Next nugget, Ubisoft will remove Assassin's Creed and Liberation HD from sale on PC starting on September the 1st. And after much consternation online, Ubisoft clarified that owners of the game will still be able to download and play the title even after it is taken down. However, online features and DLC will no longer work. R.I.P. Rip. Which one is that one? That's the one that was a Vita launch title, and you're the woman in the bayou. Is it came out right after Assassin's? It was kind of like a spinoff of Black Flag, I think. Anyway, it's the Vita. Mm-hmm. It's the Vita game, and they ported it obviously to PC later on. Also, after last week's news that Rockstar Games will no longer provide any content updates for Red Dead Online as they move resources to GTA 6. Now rumors this week claim that the current-gen update for the game has also been shelved, with Rockstar potentially revisiting it after GTA 6 launches. So let's just fucking put it out there on the PlayStation 6, because that's when that... I mean, by the time they put it out after GTA 6, we're going to have a new console. You're going to need two upgrades on top of each other. Fuck. Whatever. Yeah, it'll just be <laughs> it'll just be like a remaster at that point. Jesus. Or like a director's cut yeah. on the PlayStation 6. Stupid. Also, Titanfall and Apex Legends developer Respawn Entertainment is hiring staff to work on a single-player FPS game set in the Apex Legends universe. Kojima Productions has threatened legal action against those who are falsely linking Hideo Kojima to the assassination <laughs> of former Japanese Prime, Mem- Prime Minister Shinzo Abe. <laughs> he might need to relax on like the Joker t-shirts and the Chi Guevara shit. Maybe that'll help him next time. Yeah, probably. Final Fantasy 16's producer Naoki Yoshida told Famitsu Magazine that the game does not have a turn-based combat system because it does not appeal to younger generations. Yoshida also said that the game is not open-world because it would take 15 years to properly make the game in that style. I mean, I can't argue with him about the turn-based stuff, but how how does it take you 15 years to make an open-world game? Jesus Christ. I, I don't know. Okay. Fall Guys players have been reporting an error in the game store that is causing them, causing them to buy items attempting when attempting to preview them instead. And developer Mediatonic is reportedly denying refund requests for this issue. Fuck them. <laughs> Fuck them. Feed them fish heads. Capcom announced that Resident Evil 2 Remake has crossed 10 million units sold since launch. Website GamesIndustry.biz reported that Italian publishing group Digital Bros Group which owns publishing label 505 Games, has formed a new indie-focused publishing label called Hook. Although 505 Games has had great success over the great success over the years publishing indie titles like Stardew Valley, Human Fall Flat, and No Man's Sky, 
They've evolved in recent years to publishing more AAA-level games, which is where the Hook label now enters the picture as a means to continue finding and cultivating those indie hits. Swedish corporation Embracer Group announced its retro video game archive initiative, which they have already spent $2 million on to date. The archive will be a database of games marked for preservation, with the idea being that games can be used by journalists, loaned to museums, or made available for public showings in the future. Embracer told Outlet Waypoint that it is trying to, quote, have a copy of each physical game ever made, end quote, adding that they have already acquired 50,000 games, consoles, and accessories that will be moved to an underground vault in Sweden. (laughs) I love this. We have one vault that has, like, plants and vegetable seeds and shit in and like <laughs> fucking Iceland. And then we have this one that's just full of video games and everything that gets us rock hard in Sweden. Right. And this also feels like a really like, it feels like it's something a super villain would do and then show you to make them seem normal. <laughs> right. Right. I love that they have all this fuck you money too, to just go out and buy a copy of every game made. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what's the most expensive game they'll buy in say football 14? <laughs> Maybe, you know, the other thing about this is that when they're done, when they're done buying a copy of every game made that maybe by that point, they'll have bought every studio that ever existed. Yeah. And it'll be free. Yeah. Next nugget website. Push square reported that naughty dog veteran developer, Josh sure is resigning after 21 years and 10 shipped games with the studio. He said he has taken a position elsewhere, but cannot reveal where just yet. He's, he's been there for pretty much every game, major game they've released um, as a studio. So interesting. I bet he's at a PlayStation affiliated. I think that as well. I think that as well. Also, forgotten PS1 point and click game, Icon Kagua. Icon Kagua. Icon Jua. I don't know. Developed and published by Sony in 2000, is now available for the first time ever outside of Japan. The game has been localized by Hilltop, which you can find on Patreon to support and in turn receive an English translation download of the game. A native PlayStation 5 version of cyberpunk delivery game Cloudpunk will release on August 19th and will feature 4K at 60 frames per second, enhanced visual effects, DualSense haptics and trigger support, and a cockpit mode. The update will be free for PS4 owners when it releases. Sci-Fi Souls-like action RPG Hellpoint received its first DLC called Blue Sun, as well as a PS5 upgrade this week which adds support for 4K and 60 frames per second. Cuphead, the delicious last course, has crossed 1 million units sold in just two weeks since launch. The Last of Us Part 1 went gold this week, nearly two months ahead of its September 2nd launch on PlayStation 5. Development of the remake is said to have not experienced any crunch on staff, according to an environmental artist, with former cinematic animator Robert Morrison, who has gone on to work at Sony Bend, saying, quote, Actually, it's the most meticulously built and crafted project that I have ever seen or been a part of in my entire career the highest level of care and attention to detail possible, end quote. Those are big words as Robert has worked on games like God of War, among others. Yeah, I think, I think he means that they took a game that they all loved and made sure it was PS5 quality. I think that's... Yeah. I mean, because people, I think people are going to get the game and if you don't look at it through that lens, I think you'll miss the point. Like, yeah. I, I think there's a lot of love in the game. That's a good point. I think it's spot on. Also, Ubisoft says that they are working on fixes for issues with poor graphical fidelity when playing The Crew 2 on PS5 following the new 60fps update, and Push Square reported that when they played the game, it was like sub-720p when they were playing it with the new <laughs> update, so that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
cooperative third-person shooter Aliens Fireteam Elite will get cross-play support, a new progression system, and a new game mode as part of a free update on July 26th. Roller Drome developer Roll7 announced that the upcoming skater shooter will get a game trial for PlayStation Plus Premium subscribers when it launches. It will, have, it will also have an introductory price of $19.79 for two weeks following its release on August 16th. The price will raise to $29.99 following that. So I wasn't quite right about this being one of the PlayStation Plus Premium games for that month because that is the third Tuesday, August the 16th. But uh, we are getting a game trial, and uh, I'm looking forward to trying it out, and hopefully it's good. If, it, if so, I'll get it, get it at that uh, introductory price. Publisher Nacon announced that their taxi driving simulator Taxi Life will come to consoles sometime in 2023. It is said to feature a realistic traffic AI that will require players to follow the rules of the road in an open-world Barcelona, Spain that features 200 real-world landmarks. I feel like you want to play this. I think it would be interesting. I want to see what it looks like. I need to see like the graphics. Yeah. But I just, I wonder, you know, um, it could be like Euro Truck Simulator, like those games are like people play them seriously. Yeah. Um, it might be kind of cool. Mm-hmm. The next one sounds a lot more fun though. It does. And yes. Also, strategy game business survival sim Cartel Tycoon was announced to come to PS4 sometime next year. And it does sound awesome. <laughs> and uh, there's I mean, a little gameplay video of it, and it looks uh, like City Skylines mixed with the Cartel Tycoon simulation. Simulation. So just imagine City Skylines, but you're running a cartel. It looks yeah, fucking like, great. I mean, imagine what we could do. Yeah. Oh, if it has co-op, that'd be so much fun. I agree. Also, just a reminder that you have until July 22nd to download the Apple TV app on your PlayStation 5 and start your six-month free trial of the Apple TV Plus service, and it can only be redeemed through the PlayStation 5 app. Horizon Forbidden West won its first Game of the Year award this week, even though the year is not close to over. The, the Develop Brighton Conference Awards Guerrilla Games RPG the winner of its Best Game Award. Forbidden West also won the award for Best Visual Art, while Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart won Best Technical Innovation. So this must be for the rolling year, not the calendar year. So they're going back to, because Ratchet and Clank is 2021. So that's an interesting way to do Game of the Year awards, I guess. Also, Evil Dead, the game, got a free Army of Darkness update this week, which added new weapons, locations, and cosmetics to the game from Sam Raimi's 1992 comedy horror film of the same name. Website PlayStation Universe reported that the following games received update patches this week. Warframe, Dauntless, Apex Legends, Vampire the Masquerade, Blood Hunt, Path of Exile, Evil Dead, the game, Neverwinter, Genshin Impact, Minecraft, Babylon's Fall, FIFA 22, F122, and the Overwatch 2 beta, as well as Stray, which got its uh, day one patch, it sounds like. Speaking of Stray, the file size for the upcoming PlayStation Plus cat game was revealed by PlayStation Game Size. It will weigh in at just over 13 gigabytes on PS4 and a mere 7.5 gigs on PS5. A leaker has claimed that Crystal Dynamics is working on Bucky Barnes as the next playable character in Marvel's Avengers. <laughs> sounds like What's a fucking Barney character. What is Bucky Barnes? It's the guy who, ah, fuck, I don't know. He's the one with the long hair. Is it Winter Soldier? Is that the character he's supposed to be? He's got like the long hair in the fucking Captain America movies. I don't know. Thor? No. (laughs) I don't know, man. I can't keep up with all that shit. Cool. Uh Well, yeah. Cool, cool game. Yeah. 
Also, HBO chief content officer Casey Boys told The Hollywood Reporter that The Last of Us series will premiere, quote-unquote, closer to early 2023, as expected. Bloomberg reporter Jason Schreier definitely shut down, definitively, I should say, shut down rumors of a Bloodborne PS5 remake this week, saying that he, quote, can't leak what doesn't exist, end quote. So we can shut the fuck Hmm. up about that. Makes me think they want to leak things the way he worded that. Oh, interesting. Hmm. That's talk about conspiratorial. Also, website Gamatsu reported that free to play dragon fighting game Sentry Age of Ashes will Age of Ashes will come to PS4 (laughs) and PS5 on July 19th, featuring four classes and four game modes, including Team Deathmatch, Capture the Flag, Last Man Standing, and Spoils of War. I'm interested to check this out. It's a big week next week for free to play stuff. We got age of asses we got multiverses i don't i don't know what uh, what is spoils of war that i read is where you like steal gold from the other team you bring it back to your base but they can also steal yours and you have to get like to a certain number or whatever i want the gold give me the gold showed, you sent me that trailer i showed it to some guys at work and luke said i've been looking for a game where i could play a dragon and i was like what <laughs> like it's like a combination of words I've never heard. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> also, a remastered version of Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance 2 will be re-released on July 20th for PS4 and PS5. Game Mill Entertainment will launch Nickelodeon Kart Racers 3 Slime Speedway. That's going to be later tonight for me. Later I, this year on PS4 oh, and PS5. That's take your joke? No, that's gross. Oh. The game will feature full voice acting for all 40 characters for the first time ever in the series. I've literally never heard of this series. What fucking series? (laughs) I don't know. It's a third one, so good for them. Also, beat-em-up game Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge sold over 1 million units in its first week on the market. It's a great success for them. Horror game Yomawari Lost in the Dark will launch on PS4 on October 25th in North America and October 28th in Europe and Oceania. I'm pretty sure I looked that up and that's how you say that. Oceania. Oceania. Is that the Triangle? O- Oceania. No, Oceania is Australia and New Zealand, that area. Okay. <laughs> Read a fucking book. <laughs> also, mm-hmm. website PlayAsia has listed Saga Frontier 2 for PlayStation 4, despite the title being currently unannounced. The listing has a release date of August 25th. Saga Frontier 2 first launched on April 1st, 1999 in Japan. So April Fool's Day is a big joke. joke. Yeah. Followed by a North American release on January 31st of 2000. So right after. Yes. (laughs) Fashion themed retro FPS fashion police squad. Excuse me. We'll come to consoles at some point in the future from publisher. No more robots. First person shooter fashion police squad. Uh huh. Yeah, it that's correct. Theme. Okay, whatever. Yeah, I have to see that. I don't get it. There's literally a game for everyone. Also, publisher Microids announced that turn-based RPG Noob: The Factionless will launch on PS4 and PS5 sometime in 2023. What is the target market of FPS Fashion Police? Is it? Um, <laughs> you're, so, you're so mad about this. What, is it right-wing people who are into drag? I mean, could be. Okay, could so be. you're gonna play it. <laughs> 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 uh, that's funny also farming simulator 2022 platinum edition which includes all of the games dlc to date as well as a new map will launch Hell on yeah. playstation on november 15th 
the best part on that game is I think it's like if you're 10 or 12 years into the game, you can sell your farm to Ford and they'll build a big plant on it. Hundred <laughs> percent. That's that's real. That's a real farming simulator right there. Or you can just put fucking solar panels on it and piss off yeah. your neighbors. Next nugget: Developer Servios announced that they are working on a single-player action horror game set in the Aliens film universe for both consoles and VR. It is being developed on Unreal Engine Five, but no release time frame was announced. They said that that game will be set between the first and the second film. Neo-futuristic mystery RPG Mato Anomalies was announced for PS4 and PS5. It will release sometime in 2023. Publisher Team 17 will bring four-player cooperative beat-em-up dungeon brawler Bravery and Greed to PS4 sometime later this year, and that game looks fucking dope. I sent it to you guys, and probably nobody watched it. But uh, (laughs) it looks really fucking cool. Pathfinder DLC Wrath of the Righteous will launch on PS4 on September 29th. Free-to-play 40-player Brawler Royale Rumbleverse will launch on PS4 and PS5 on August 11th, with a first season of content starting on August 18th. Arcade-style shoot-em-up game Yars Recharged was announced for PS4 and PS5. It will launch on August 23rd. Mystery investigation survival game Kona 2 Broom was announced to be coming to PS4 and PS5 sometime next year. And finally, Travis, publisher Square Enix has launched the quote, live interactive works game development crew, end quote, a new community where players are invited to participate in test play and discussion of games development, as well as creating parts of games together. The first game of the project is called Project Gluttony, an online multiplayer competitive game that recreates the battle between monsters that prey on humans and the humans who are trying to work together to defeat, end, why am I saying end quote? (laughs) Anyway, that's all for the news this week. And I'll now turn it over to Travis for this week's new games. On the 11th, we have Frogo, um, similar to Froyo, but could be Frogo, could be Frogo, which is Spanish for frog. On July the 12th, we have Hellpoint, Crute the Mythic Wings, Time on Frog Island, and the Quest for Excalibur. On the 13th, we have Rayland, Strikers 1945-2, Strikers 1945-3. The Whiskey Story, Zero Gunner 2. Mm. On the 14th, we have 200 Ways, Arcade Archives, Dragon Saber, Escape Academy, Mothman 1966 on Sunday, Superola Champion, mm. 200 Ways. This is what the, been fuck? the worst fucking list so far. Okay. <laughs> I'm Here so confused. Go. Okay. On the 15th, we have. Black Death, a tragic dirgy. Dirge. Dirge, whatever, guys. <laughs> what are these uh, fucking games? Canada Break Head to Head. Oh DC God. League of Super Pets, The Adventures of Crypto and Ace. <laughs> That's probably the only game I've played. Uh, Long Live the Queen, which is about the band. Paradox uh, Error, Shred Remastered, and finally The Jumping Burrito. <laughs> Just don't waste your time. Just play it. Oh. Redownload Rainbow Six Siege. <laughs> God. Yeah. Or, or download the forest so it'll fucking chart for next month. <laughs> the fuck is this shit? All of this is ass. I mean, what? honestly, what? Let's see. I don't fucking know. There is nothing that interests me. This is, we, we really are in a drought. We truly are in a drought for good video games right now, but. Thankfully for me personally, that's about to end very soon. 
All right, Travis. So let's move on to wrap the show up here, as we always do, by discussing what we have been playing and anything that we're looking forward to. What's on your mind? We finally got our first F1 race to work. Uh-huh. Finally, and it should probably post a video or something. I don't know. But anyway. Yeah, I go, you have a fucking job or something. I know. I got a lot going on. Not much to report there, really. Uh, we both ran into somebody immediately because the brakes weren't warm yet. And, um, you know, because the game fucked up the night before, we literally were straight into the race. We didn't have, have like, any time to warm up. So, like, uh, yeah, it was just first turn, full speed, hit a car. I managed to barely finish in the points, took everything I had. I was, like, barely holding cars off. And um, luckily, I was fast enough in the corners to keep them at bay. So, that, you know, that was good enough. You had a terrible um, explosion or something like that and had to retire from the race. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, other than that, I uh, played some Battlefield with you guys. I think I actually got a rocket kill for once. That that took some oh, nice. took some talent. I shot something down with a rocket or, a, or a blew up a tank or something like that. I adjusted my sensitivity back down, so I think I'm at like 25 on the sticks now on PlayStation, and um, it seems to have helped a little bit. At least I feel like I'm getting, I'm in the ballpark now of like I could compete, because before it was like I would randomly, there'd be random times where I would just like get my shit pushed, like I couldn't even react, and now I can at least react, and, and that's enough to be competitive. Um, I, had, I actually had a couple, re- we, we all really had a couple of really good games. I think there was two or three games where like, uh, me, you, and John were actually really, really good for whatever reason. Yeah, I was using the DM7 a lot. I really like that gun. Um, I got a different sight for it. Um, it's been a lot of fun. I still think the AC42 is underrated. Uh, I use the crossbow a little bit. It's just fun to use the crossbow. Like in any in any FPS I've ever played, the crossbow is just fun to use. Like, yeah, every time I kill somebody with it, it's just like it's a it's shock like, yeah it's like super cheeky it's like a cheeky ass weapon you know it bothers them yeah. so i love all that about it uh but other than that yeah that's a bit about it i haven't really done a whole lot i forgot that we played f1 no i didn't forget i knew he did the race but i forgot that it was in this week so yeah we did play f1 we got our first race done finally after just a fucking disaster of a time trying to get that done and then uh we need we need to probably get our second race in this weekend while you're off and uh, yeah, you definitely need to get that first one posted. Uh, but then, we, yeah, we also played, well, let me back up. So yeah, when we did F1, I crashed and I recovered, but then I think someone spun me out and I broke the wing off of the front end or, or something or something like it just totally, it totaled my car. Like it was unfixable. So I was disqualified or whatever, did not finish. So that was fun. That was very fun. And then, uh, yeah, we did play Battlefield and I'm still really enjoying it. And uh, And I haven't played... In a few, in a couple of days, probably a few days. So we've got a new list of challenges for the week, um, for the, you know, the the weekly reset or whatever. So I'm hoping that we can get some in this weekend with uh, with John, and uh, and I can get my challenges. I'm like halfway through the battle pass, so I th- I think I can get all of it by the time that we're done with the with the season. So that's exciting. I like how they do the battle pass. I think that's a really interesting and unique way to do it, at least that I've seen where you do the missions and challenges, but you're not just getting XP. You're like getting I mean, tokens basically. And the different challenges are worth different token amounts. And so it just seems like a more satisfying way to level up as opposed to just, Oh wow. I played four team death matches tonight and I got, you know, 6,000 XP and that's how much I moved my bar. So I don't know. I think that's a really smart addition on their point on their part. 
from dice. And then I did play some Insurgency last night. I played a couple of rounds of the PvE co-op uh, checkpoint, and I uploaded that to YouTube, so that's there. I've had a pretty good uh, round of that. Played pretty good. And uh, I just, that game, I love that game too. I'm really excited for when they do the PS5 upgrade later this year. And well, hopefully they, they've said later this year, but they've kind of gone dark and haven't really said anything else about it. So who knows? Maybe they won't, but hopefully we do get it. And then the last thing that I've been playing is Ghost of Tsushima on PlayStation 5. I uh, That's kind of next on my list of, of games to play. And I want to get through the, I'm not playing the whole game. I'm playing the DLC, the Icky Island DLC. So I've started that and I forgot how fucking good the gameplay was on the game. Like the combat is so good and uh, doing the standoffs and just chopping people up and, and uh, all that is so good. So I'm, I'm enjoying that and it feels good on the controller too. I think they did, did a good job with the dual sense implementation, which is always a positive in our book. So yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, pretty, Compared to what I've been doing, where I played like ten games in you know one week and shit like that, it's a relatively calm week for me. But yeah, that's it, and that's it for the show. So if you guys enjoyed it, don't forget to subscribe so that you'll get a new episode delivered to you every Monday. Also, if you can leave us a rating or a review or a comment or thumbs up if you're on YouTube, that would be much appreciated and would help us fight that nasty algorithm. And of course, if you know someone, a friend or a loved one who you think might enjoy a PlayStation podcast where they can get all of the week's news, rumors, and more in less than 90 minutes, then please send them our way. And of course, don't forget to find us on social media and talk PlayStation with us. We're on Twitter at the DualSense Pod, but we're also on Instagram, Facebook, and our blog, which is the DualSense Podcast.wordpress.com. So find us where you choose and let's converse. And uh, yeah, we'll get out of here now. You guys have a great week. Take care, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.